The conveniences of everyday life seem more effortless than ever before. Push a button on your phone with your thumb and have in your hand more computing power than ever before. You can speak and video with anyone around the world. You can pay bills and shop and order groceries all while sitting on your throne. What is common as well as what's new and interesting are possible by the infrastructure of the internet and digital science. But what happens when a bad actor comes to the party with ill intent? Your every move is recorded. Who has access to that data and how can it be abused? The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 145. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Folks, Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Folks, it's hot outside. You don't need me for the weather report, but you might need my affiliate link for some fine white wine to serve ice cold this summer. Make a strawberry and or raspberry sangria. Check out the choices of wine at my link culinarylibertarian.com slash CA Wine Maine. I subscribe to an email list which sends along ideas for podcast guests. One suggestion was a fellow who has a new book out about the Fourth Industrial Revolution, something you may have heard or heard about or remember from the Great Reset episode with Michael Rechtenwald. Frequent listeners to this show know I hold no love for the Great Reset or the Great Food Transformation. Since I project my view, I assume this fellow also held no favor for Klaus Schwab. Well, I was wrong. It was 85 Kindle pages in to get to the meat of the book, and he favors, almost welcomes, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. I kept thinking of that Homer Simpson's clip of the news anchor Kent Brockman saying, he for one welcomes our new overlords. And overlords they be. In his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, Schwab is upfront that government is necessary and the government issued monopolies requiring licensure or certificates from the state serve a vital role to protect the safety of the customer. As such, the so-called gig economy presents a challenge to the overlord since there are ways to skirt paying taxes. Avoiding paying the government for being productive is frowned upon in the Schwab vision. The Great Reset has dozens of key points it seeks to address. By quick review, the reset refers to resetting virtually every aspect of life for everyone in every country. It includes technology and transportation, business and consumers, food and climate change. In short, 
The Great Reset is a reset of capitalism. There is an aspect to Schwab's writing of what I've read that I want to address. First, I think it's important to recognize his COVID-19 and the Great Reset book and the Fourth Industrial Revolution book are sales pitch. As far as technology has come, neither of these is yet a firm fact. But both have a plausibility to them which he, in my estimation, expects you, the reader, to accept. The premise he provides is a dichotomy of the way forward, or the old way, and look what that brought us, is the kind of message he's conveying. He is writing to encourage the reader to accept his premise that the Fourth Industrial Revolution isn't just a great idea, but is key. It's foundational to the next step in our human evolution. Now, that seems like a science fiction big next step. So let me bring it back a little bit. In his article, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, What It Means and How to Respond, Schwab writes persuasively but not brilliantly. He's effective at getting the reader to suspend disbelief. Stephen King was effective at getting the reader to suspend disbelief. You really had to believe that a 1958 Plymouth Fury could be alive. Schwab is asking the reader to accept details he probably already suspects are so. There are the have and the have-nots, and you know what side of the line you are on, or the makers and the doers, or the winners and the losers. The writing is intended to reach deep inside and stir those primal feelings of envy and greed and make you say, yeah, I want some of that too. Schwab writes, quote, in addition to being a key economic concern, inequality represents the greatest societal concern associated with the fourth industrial revolution, end quote. And then goes on to write how the, quote, innovators, shareholders, and investors, end quote, will ride the gravy train and the labor will not. At its core, it's writing to appeal to the basest nature, and it works. This episode is a bit of a primer, a way to introduce you to some of the ideas of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. It is vast in scope and ambition, the fourth IR, not this episode. A bit disturbing on how much it wants to accomplish, actually. As disturbing as it might be, it is in print, online, and available for anyone to read. To call the Great Reset or the Fourth Industrial Revolution a conspiracy theory is to be too lazy to check. There is no theory about the intent. It is fact. As I cover the fourth IR, I'm going to discuss a term you might have heard your congressman use, the Internet of Things. That's also a fact in that we have it now. What's to come is a bit of a guess, but with Schwab's writing, we can make a pretty good guess. Then comes the OMG portion. You'll have to wait for that. 
The main focus of the fourth IR, the fourth industrial revolution, is technology being used in ways not previously foreseen for both business production and distribution, but also for governments, which, quote, will gain new technological powers to increase their control over populations based on pervasive surveillance systems and the ability to control digital infrastructure, end quote. Now, this is not an insignificant point. Control over the population. Make no mistake, the whole of the Great Reset is control. Who has the control? Well, Schwab and some of his chums and those selected by his elite. Schwab backpedals this by citing policing competition, wouldn't that be nice, and, quote, redistribution and decentralization of power, end quote, the new technologies provide. I don't know if or if not the current Stingray devices, also called cell site simulators that mimic cell phone towers and capture the phone's data, are part of the fourth industrial revolution. And those ALPRs, the automated license plate readers, which are being used by police forces, as well as facial recognition software, which are being used in some cities. Michael Bolden of the 10th Amendment Center has covered these topics and what is happening with that data collected from those kinds of digital surveillance. Similar to the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution will touch upon many facets of life. The three that seem the most significant are government, business, and the person. The two I want to focus on here are government and people. The book I mentioned but didn't identify is called Surfing Rogue Waves by Eric Pilon Bignell. It reads like a full-throated approval of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Bignell uses surfing terminology to illustrate the challenges to come with technology and the disruptions that exist and will possibly exist, and tries to explain to the reader how to paddle out or ride the barrel of the changes the Fourth Industrial Revolution will bring. As Big Nob begins the discussion about what the Fourth Industrial Revolution will bring and what it will mean to people, he writes, quote, with our well-understood surfing compass in hand, the book's latter parts discuss the world we are fearlessly paddling out into and what it has in store for us. Understanding the megatrends coming in the fourth industrial revolution helps us connect these initiatives to our daily decisions and actions. This deep technological change will reshape our values and ethics. We are at the center of it all, more than at any other time in history, it will be the collective actions of individuals that will shape humanity's future, end quote. The goal, as stated by Schwab and parroted by Bignell, is to, quote, continue to redefine our understanding of what it fundamentally means to be human, end quote. Let's go back to Bignell's passage. The collective. Reshape our values and ethics. Who will reshape them? 
and into what? If your first principles are, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff, and a respect for individual sovereignty, what will replace that? What Bignell is leading up to is transhumanism. That's a scary phrase and straight out of the pages of science fiction. Bignell could not be more plain, however, when he writes, quote, we will see massive disruption across all our industries and societies by biotechnology and specifically neurotechnology will be at the forefront of human transformation, end quote. Bignell's book reads to me like a sales pitch. His writing pattern is to set you up with a pass of some aspect of human experience, disease or eating an organ transplant, explain how bad it was during the Black Plague, and show you that artificial intelligence, virtual reality, artificial reality, and 3D printing can solve so many of these issues, and he's probably right. Many advances have and are being made in those technologies. But he's concealing something. Giving control of the chip in your brain to a government and expecting only the best of actions from that government is to be no student of the horrors committed by the people in the government. Schwab's book can be read on the surface, and it reads like a hopeful future. But the glance at it reveals more, and he hardly hides his intent. The repeated use of phrases such as common interest, we are all in this together, we collectively, are tips of his hand that he wants to create a one-world government. You may balk at my conclusions I've drawn from those examples of phrases. That's a good instinct. And you might be right, except, true to form, he tells us his plan. Quote, with effective multi-stakeholder cooperation, I am convinced that the fourth industrial revolution has the potential to address and possibly solve the major challenges that the world currently faces, end quote. The closing paragraph of the book starts this way, quote, we can go even further. I firmly believe that the new technology age, if shaped in a responsive and responsible way, can catalyze a new cultural renaissance that will enable us to feel part of something much larger than ourselves, a true global civilization, end quote. That seems plain enough. In Schwab's fourth Industrial Revolution book, the whole of that book and his writing about the Great Reset in general is a presentation of two choices. His vision is either of a unified egalitarian world monoculture society or a dystopian chaos. Both are false choices, of course, and given such a description, the right choice, according to him, seems plain. But what he overlooks, and I think overestimates, is the human spirit prefers to be ruled not. That is, I am sure the way to stop the Great Reset, refuse to participate. That will not be at all easy. On the Great Reset side, the corporations working with the government, that private-public cooperation we've already seen in business such as Facebook, Google, Apple, and willing participants such as Coke and Volvo show how easy it is for this 
partnership to exist. Schwab's determination for governance isn't just alluded to, but expressed plainly. To ensure the fourth industrial revolution goes off without a hitch, Schwab writes, quote, This is the challenge for governments, which have never been more necessary than in this fourth industrial revolution. They must let innovation flourish while minimizing risks, end quote. Well, <laughs> it doesn't really seem to fit. Where the Great Reset is a capitalism reset to a new world economy, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is a digital reset to include adding the human to the Internet of Things. I mentioned I was going to go into some specifics about the Internet of Things, and that will include social credit scores and software called, or something called the software of life. But first, Let's take a moment out for a word from Jake about his tasting Anarchy podcast. Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. A ZDNet.com article entitled, What is the Internet of Things? Everything you need to know about the IoT right now offers this basic description. Quote, the term IoT is mainly used for devices that wouldn't usually be generally expected to have an internet connection and that can communicate with the network independently of human action. For this reason, a PC isn't generally considered an IoT device, and neither is a smartphone, even though the latter is crammed with sensors. A smartwatch or a fitness band or other wearable device might be counted as an IoT device, however. End quote. Well, okay. That kind of helps, but Kevin Ashton, who coined the term, says this. Quote, the IoT integrates the interconnectedness of human culture, our things, with the interconnectedness of our digital information system, the Internet. That's the IoT. End quote. So, big deal. My thermostat and front door lock and electric meter are connected to the Internet. Nice. Those Alexa and Siri devices seem also to be part of the IoT, and with that comes some serious, and as has been shown, legitimate security concerns. Having your words available to a hacker is one thing, a bad thing, but if your house has IoT video, well, that's a whole other level of privacy concern. Aside from the obvious personal moments no one wishes to share, the idea that if you have nothing to hide, why worry is the wrong approach to that. The right way is your personal privacy is your personal privacy and not the business of anyone uninvited. What you are doing is answered by my business isn't for anyone else to view. From a personal privacy aspect, there is a real concern. Remember the ring doorbell issue of privacy and security breaches? The more connected the things are, the more vulnerable those things can be. 
primary concern should probably be what data are all those sensors collecting and who has access to it? Is access limited to humans or will AI have access to that? Industry is also a form of the Internet of Things. The industrial level of IoT, the IIoT, had a fine demonstration a few weeks ago with the hackability of the system with the ransomware attack on the Colonial Pipeline. The concern isn't that hackers will raise the temperature on your freezer and cause the ice cream to melt. The concern is that an unelected group who would determine if you are deemed worthy of ice cream at all. The goal of the Great Reset is to employ something similar to the Chinese social credit, course, credit, social credit score system, which rewards approved behavior and punishes unapproved behavior. Since IoT can make your clothing smart, even if you leave your phone at home, they will know where you are. The push for a government cryptocurrency will let them know what purchases you have made, and in the future, well, we're sorry, you bought too much ice cream last week, so you can't buy that. Making the thing we drive, use, and wear part of the internet for the purpose of monitoring us, even when there are genuine benefits to our lives, seems pretty nasty. But wait, there's more. The Internet of Bodies. This is from the World Economic Forum IOB briefing paper, quote, Recent technological advances have ushered in a new era of Internet of Bodies, IOB, with an unprecedented number of connected devices and sensors being affixed to or even implanted and ingested into the human body. This has turned the human body into a technological platform. The IOB generates tremendous amounts of biometric and human behavioral data, end quote. Now, I'm going to mostly skip over IOB. It's a big issue and merits its own episode, but does at least need to be mentioned here. I will offer another quote from the same briefing paper. Quote, it is worth noting that the IOB technologies examined here are mostly personal devices in the sense that the device always develop, sorry, in the sense that the devices always develop a relatively stable relationship with the individual body of the user over a regular extended period of contact. This, therefore, excludes the type of biometric technologies that are installed in public and private spaces, such as facial recognition systems, fingerprint sensors, and retinal scanners, which focus on collecting and processing the data of a large population or group, rather than particular individuals, end quote. IOB leads to what might be the tinfoil portion of the show. If you are here this long, either this is not news, or you're just curious to see how crazy I can sound. Well, it's going to sound crazy, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. The software of life, the rather curious term misconstrued, so says Reuters.com fact checkers, is a term used by the pharmaceutical firm Moderna to describe its mRNA product. From a science, not science, trademark aspect, this is impressive. How impressive? 
Moderna Therapeutics CEO Stefan Bansell told Jim Cramer, as written on CNBC.com, quote, we have a phase two study going on where we are designing every product for every patient. So we start by taking a biopsy of a cancer. We next-gen sequence it. We next-gen sequence a healthy cell of a body, and we send everything to Amazon Web Services in order to compare every letter of DNA of a healthy cell and a cancer cell. And from that, we deduce what do we need to do in our product just for your cancer, end quote. This is done using mRNA, and that's really freaking cool. Now, I want to put on my Elizabeth Warren hat and let me be clear. I don't know anything. I have read some articles, and I know how terrible the U.S. government has been using prisoners or retarded kids or even whole communities for their testing purposes. I have no inside information. I have only supposition and conjecture. Okay, that didn't sound anything illegal, is it? Suppose the government found a way to implant some kind of chip in you. Now, not only do they know where you are, but as Schwab wrote, governments could, quote, intrude into the hitherto private spaces of our minds, reading our thoughts and influencing our behavior, end quote. The merger of the software of life and an internet of body seems a pretty simple way for an unelected, self-appointed body to rule the world. Insert monarchical laughter here, but don't laugh too much. China has instituted a social credit score. Part of their app can tell one person when he is within 500 feet of a debtor, which I guess means alter your path. Did you write something in your social media feed that the overlords don't favor? Well, no soup for you. To reiterate Schwab's idea, quote, the fourth industrial revolution will affect the very essence of our human experience, end quote, which will, quote, lead to a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity, end quote. Did you vote for that? Well, actually, as it happened, you might have, but you didn't know it. World Economic Forum. Davos, Klaus Schwab, the UN, and the IMF, and the select billionaires chosen to be part of this were also not voted for by you, yet here they are, altering your life. My aim was to introduce the fourth industrial revolution and introduce new terms and their impact to you. There is a slew of content out there to find. The WEF webpage proudly shares a lot of this. Most of the white papers Schwab wrote are there for free. The right and proper question is what to do about it. Well, I did an episode with Michael Rechtenwald about that, and I'll link to that, episode 121, on the show notes page. John Bush has the greater reset. There are people actively working against the global central planner. So this episode really is to inform you what's planned by someone you don't know and to let you know there's a way to resist. All right, folks, that's going to do it. 
I'll add a link to the Surfing Rogue Waves book to the show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 145. I'll also have the Michael and World Great Reset episode linked there as well. I know this is a lot. It seems incomprehensible and impossible. And yet, many of the world leaders are towing this line. When you hear or read your congressman use the word infrastructure, the fourth industrial revolution is what he's referring to. Please share this episode on your social media feeds and like it when it shows up on your feed. If you appreciate my efforts, I would appreciate your support at culinarylibertarian.com support. Also, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher and rate and review the show there as well. Have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.